0: hey, Brian. How are you? I am really good. How are you? <laughs> I was watching um, Holiday Baking Championship the other day. Yep. And the girl that, hopefully this is not a spoiler for anybody, but, but the girl that won, this was like probably last season, but the girl that won was from Wisconsin and she had like a real Midwest accent. And oh, I yeah. was just like, that is so cute. <laughs> It was like she had really round O's and like the Minnesotan.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: It just made me so happy. So
1: like, a, like Molly Ye.
0: Yes, exactly she like Molly She is a cute Ye. little,
1: like a twangy, a subtle Minnesota accent. I love it. It's so wholesome sounding. Uh, yeah, I'm into and, it. And she's also like a sweet, like a sugar cookie. Yes. <laughs> She sure is. Speaking of food, what's your update?
0: <laughs> uh, this week, my update is that I started a team recipe
1: club. So fun. Super Tell fun. me everything, stealing this idea.
0: So the, it really, it came to me because I had told someone on my team that I was going to send them a recipe for something I had brought in for lunch one day and then totally forgot. And then I had also made a chili, like a crock pot chili that a friend of mine... Had suggested that was really good, super easy, crockpot everything, and I was like, I wonder if people would be like interested and in just like being able to share recipes. Because every time we're all together, either for a lunch or a team meeting or something where we're eating, inevitably someone is like, "Can you send me that recipe?" Or like, mm-hmm. "What is that? It smells so good!" And so instead of like making it a whole thing, I just did a shared Google sheet and put our team, our team's like department and like recipe club and split it off on the tabs by like mains, sides, salads, oh my desserts, gosh, I love soups it. and just made it really easy and, and then I shared it with everybody and I was just like if anybody wants to like add to this I know sometimes like Pinterest can be the hole that you can't climb out of and so if you're looking for something easy that's like usually what we're bringing is like easy lunch stuff or like a dinner that we really liked or like a, a meal of some kind um, then put it here and so it'll be like an extra place for us to go to find good food. I love that so much. It was really nice and everybody was like this this is awesome, like this is a great idea. We are always like trying to trade stuff around the office. So, it was like a nice outside of like we were obviously at work, but it's something that we can have like outside of a work situation so we can remind each other that like we're human. <laughs> we eat and we like food and this has nothing to do with like the work that we need to do. It's just something that we all enjoy.
1: And it's nice that there's, like, a collective enjoyment Mm -hmm. around that,
0: too. Yeah. And I know, like, some of the new people on my team, I know that they cook just from, like, conversations Mm -hmm. that we've had. So I was, like, it it didn't exclude anybody. It involved everybody on the team. And it was just, like, even if you don't cook, but, like, someone you know does, like, reference this if they're looking for something new. And so it was just a nice, like, is the word repository Mm -hmm. of, like, a place to put $10 $10 word <laughs> to put like the recipes that you're like, this is a solid, easy lunch for a week or something like that. So I was excited about it and it was a nice, like come out of your shell moment.
1: I love a recipe inspo too.
0: Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I feel like I can get into a very boring groove of what I'm bringing or what I like feel like I want a meal prep. but can't find anything I'm excited about. So to have this as an option
1: is going to be really nice. I, I, I am so excited to mooch off of these recipes. Absolutely. Um, I also feel like this would go over very well in my office too.
0: Yeah. Oh, I if that, just the few people I know in your office, I feel like it would go
1: over very well. Yeah. So. so that is an option. I love it. I think that's a great idea. Thank you. Especially for like, you know culture building experience for you guys
0: exactly and like I almost added a holiday tab with the holidays coming up just because some people have like special like dishes that they make just for the holidays
1: so or if you're one I because I I feel like my family I'm not going to be with my mom for Thanksgiving this year Mm -hmm. um but every year she's always like we have classics but there's always some like random new thing that we like to try. Which yeah. is always fun. So it's so fun. Like a, a new twist on roasted root vegetables or a new twist on some kind of green bean casserole.
0: Yum. So this will be a good place to like share out.
1: Yeah.
0: I like it. We shall see. Yes. Cool. What is your update, Bron?
1: I am in the midst of acknowledging fully that uh, summer season has officially ended. It has.
0: And... It's fun that it's taken you this long. <laughs> um,
1: particularly, I think it's more obvious, like, the second that Daylight Savings uh, hit stops, ends. Daylight Savings happens? <laughs> I think it ends. <laughs> so, it becomes dark at approximately 4 p.m. here. Yeah. Uh, uh. Which pros and cons like it's fun because there's like there are times and places where i feel uh very comfortable getting cozy on the couch watching like getting into the like okay let's now like dig into all the tv series that we have been saving yes for hibernation stage sure (laughs) but there's also like not i don't want to get into the groove of not doing things in the winter because like there's only so much time that you can spend on the couch without like wanting to start to go out.
0: like totally stir crazy
1: sure so i found this uh cut article um which i'll link in show notes queen cut. yeah queenspeakingcom slash 95 for anyone who wants it um but they did like a recap on like things that aren't drinking activities which like we all know i love to go out have good cocktails good wine good food like that will still be in my repertoire yes. throughout the season but i did want to think about like oh what are the things that are like fun to do in fall and winter like like what we were talking about summertime where there are like certain things that like you get excited about but then forget to do so for me it's like going to a hockey game oh. um, going ice skating maybe going because i last year i hosted an event and went skiing for the first time in like legitimately 15 years (laughs) wow
0: i forgot about that
1: (laughs) and it was so fun and i was like i physically am capable of still doing that that's great news (laughs) and so i'm like maybe i'll do like a a little weekend trip to and go skiing i like that so i'm just kind of thinking about like fun things that you can do outside or things that you can do to like get out of the house yes that isn't specifically tied to like going to a restaurant
0: that's a good reminder because i think i have the tendency to do just that which is like what else am i going to do except go eat carbs and drink wine Mm -hmm. and so to have a list available because i I mean it shouldn't be any different right like we do make our summer bucket list and we are very excited about it every year um and i think every year i'm like i'm gonna do things on snow this year and still that will never be my life i think every year i will attempt. To do something and just in thought and uh, never really do it in actuality. Well, I will invite you, and you will do it, <laughs> and I will go to the lodge, <laughs> and I will have my hot apple cider.
1: But doesn't that even sound lovely? Oh
0: yeah, it does. That's what I mean. Like I will, if there if there are indoor activities on this list that don't involve like food and bev, I will definitely be down for them. Every year, I think I'm going to do an outdoor activity in the snow. I look outside and I'm like, the only thing I want to do is walk through that to get to the bar. So, (laughs) I'm I'm due for something new.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Well, we'll keep you all posted here on what (laughs) on how that goes on what that first thing is. But there are so many things too. Like in Rochester, we have um, beautiful Eastman School Theater, and there are so many talented students that put on free concerts. You're right. I always forget you talk about that. And we did a, it a bunch last year and it was really nice. And so it's that time where we'll probably do like a Wednesday night outing. Maybe I'll dig into the arts
0: as well. <laughs> yeah. You're always invited. That's a good, I forgot about that. And you, you both did say that you enjoyed that a lot. So maybe I'll add that to my yeah calendar. We'll
1: look at some dates and Share share it with you. That would be awesome. You, you can try it out and Third see if you like in. it. <laughs> in.
0: Amazing. Uh, all right, Bron. Uh, what are we talking about today? Give it to me straight. Well. Well.
1: Raise your hand if you apologize too much. I hope it's not just me. Sid's raising her hand, too. <laughs> Partic- there are just
0: two of us in here, so.
1: <laughs> particularly apologizing when it's not needed. Yeah which can be problematic. We wanted to talk through why as women we have the tendency to apologize more than what's necessary and how we can what we can do to replace that phrase um and or stop altogether just thinking about how it may impact us to be stronger communicators, stronger individuals just not apologizing for things that we don't have to be sorry for because there are some implications, and we wanted to talk through what that looks like today. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's get into it. Well, right. Well, uh, <laughs> f- f- off the bat, there are negative <laughs> effects uh, of apologizing too much. What are they? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which you wouldn't think uh, until you really break it down. You're like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. So I think about, like... Disrespect and how mm-hmm. apologizing sometimes, and this is something, and this is going to feel morbid, but I promise there's a point here. But when you're talking to someone who had had a loved one, like, pass away, the appropriate thing usually to do is say, I'm so sorry for your loss, mm-hmm. right? Saying that too many times gets really... Uh, Ugly really quickly and it can start to feel disrespectful it's like do you even mean it like what are you sorry for why are you saying this so many times Mm -hmm. like i'm the one who lost someone what are you sorry about and it like turns a corner at a certain point i remember i was talking to someone and they were with someone who had recently lost someone and they said that just like someone they were talking to in like the grocery store or something that they ran into said it like a lot in a very short amount of time and it's one of those things where it's like okay like I hear you and I know you're uncomfortable right now but like curb it and I and I can understand like it's a very uncomfortable situation for people to be in but like think about the person who had just lost someone and how uncomfortable they are and saying I'm sorry, too many times, just it, firstly, it loses its value, but then it just gets awkward and, like, come up with something else. Say, like, hey, I'd love to get together in a couple weeks. Or if it's someone that, like, you don't know, just let it, just let it be. Just, just walk away.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough place to be in because it, you do ride a fine line of, like, are you even saying it? Does it mean anything?
0: Right. Or are you just saying it to, like, be polite because it's the thing that people Mm -hmm. say but if it's an acquaintance, just be, like, you don't have to follow up with a, like, hey, we should really get together or anything like that. You can just say it once and and that's enough. And as, and, and we'll get into this more later, like, the awkwardness you feel sometimes mm-hmm. where you want to fill it with an I'm sorry. Um, just think about, like, what the other person might be taking in as you say that however many times you've already or planned to say it.
1: Yeah, to go, like, to expand on, like, the scenarios where that happens is, like, the you're actually saying I'm sorry to avoid confrontation or, like, awkwardness. Right. And um, that can extend to situations where you're, like, I'm going to say I'm sorry so that I can avoid this difficult conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that lends itself to the negative ramifications of having people-pleasing behavior
0: mm-hmm.
1: and can implode. Yeah, and cause a, a lot of uh, problems for just, like, interpersonal relationships. Because
0: someone's going to, like, find out, you know, like, what you're doing. It'll come across pretty quickly, I assume. And not – you can't backtrack out of that once you're called out on it. You just have to then actually face it when you could have faced it appropriately the first time instead of trying to cover it up with – and I'm sorry, like, to your point about – you know difficult situations and using I'm sorry as kind of an out for it Mm -hmm. like it will eventually come up anyway so learning how to just confront it and we've done episodes on that as well but learning how to confront it versus covering it with something insincere is not going to serve you well
1: yeah and that's like another piece of it is that saying I'm sorry when you don't mean it it sounds insincere yes yeah
0: there's and no feeling like, behind it.
1: And they're like, what do you want me to? Oh. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like. They're like, I'm now uncomfortable for you. Yes. And in this situation. For right. Us. <laughs> and it
0: blows up very quickly, which is just like, it's just so uncomfortable. Um, I also think about the fear of taking up space when you over-apologize. I think, and I've done this so many times it's like sad the amount of times i've de- done this but like i you feel yourself shrinking every time you say it when it's just your like nervous tick almost mm-hmm. is like again with the insincerity or just to like you're you've upset someone in some way and you'd rather just say i'm sorry than really figure out what happened but like that fear of taking up space is you apologizing for taking up space it's like instead of being direct or instead of saying how you feel or what's actually going on? You're saying I'm sorry for like just existing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that some people will take advantage of that and use it to uh, continue to empower themselves to have a powerful powerful position over you. And that's the last thing. That's the saddest thing I think that can happen is that like you've you've given away your own power
1: at mm-hmm. that point, and it doesn't have to be that way. Right, and I think. It also lends itself to like you coming off as like anxious in a situation, yeah, which is just problematic if that's not the reality, right. then that's what people end up seeing because in in your as the individual, you're saying, "Oh, I'm sorry like for doing the wrong thing." Mm-hmm. It's like, "But did, did you? you?" And then it's saying, okay, it's take,
0: it's giving yourself a beat. Right, like instead of if someone said something that's caught you off guard, where your first reaction is to say I'm, "is a," uh, your first reaction is to say "I'm sorry," versus thinking about what was just said and seeing if that is an appropriate response. If you've actually done anything to warrant being sorry for, right? Then, like, y- if you just launch into a thousand "I'm sorry"s, you, that person has won. And a lot of times, like, that's not what they should get from that conversation. Like, if they've some said something untrue. Then you get to take a beat and figure out your response or remove yourself from the situation while you collect your thoughts, but having that instant reaction, be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You're like, what am I sorry for? Who am I? Where did I go? And like, you just, you continue to shrink your your shine. And that is an inappropriate way to kind of express yourself, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think it has negative ramica- ramifications in the sense of like your personal life. And also could be worse from a professional standpoint.
0: Oh, absolutely. If you
1: position yourself as the I'm sorry person, mm-hmm. then people don't – it's like the boy who cried wolf yeah, type scenario where it's like, I never know what you're actually sorry about. I don't know if you feel confidence about anything that you're doing. And it's hard because the reality is saying I'm sorry becomes like a an instinct and a natural habit that we like – build ourselves into. And so sometimes we say it without even acknowledging it. Right. Like in our brains. Right. Exactly. So step one, how do we uh, stop saying <laughs> I'm sorry and replace it with something else? <laughs> you just stop. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've talked about breaking bad habits on past episodes. But really, uh, I I acknowledge this because I feel like where this comes up a lot for me is in email communication and in conversation when I feel like I'm like divulging emotional things and then I feel bad for like sharing my thoughts. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm like, I'm sorry for I'm sorry for a delay in responding to you. I'm sorry for, you know, talking your ear off for two hours. And it's like, no, you needed to do those things or like there's a reason why you didn't respond to the email. Right. Thank you for your patience thank you for understanding. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. If you just think about every time you want to say sorry and instead saying thank you, boom. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for success.
0: Seriously. It just allows you to, again, like taking that beat before you launch into what is your natural reaction to things like that. And we'll get into this later about like why we feel that natural reaction as well. But I, I agree that that saying thank you and then figuring out like then okay what what am i thanking them for like what have i done what i think i need to be sorry for and then replace it with the thank you and then like you said like thank you for understanding or any word that would give them the good feel at, at your response versus the like oh if they're like what are they sorry for like and like i think the first reaction to that is like they're so weak or they're covering for something Mm -hmm. and that doesn't need to be their reaction if you start with thank you and it's like oh it totally changes the reaction on their part as well
1: yeah and sometimes it's like as i mentioned earlier like you there's not a scenario where you're required to apologize for something that's not necessarily like you haven't done something wrong Mm -hmm. because sometimes there are things that are just like left undone or unsaid mm-hmm. and it's not an intention it's not like I'm sorry I intentionally did that <laughs> right right exactly uh, w- so thinking more so about how you can take a step back and think about how you approach a conversation or how you phrase something in written communication so that it comes off as just like a matter of fact statement mm-hmm. Um or you know If we go the thank you route, like, thank you for catching that and appreciate, like, here's the information that you now need. Right, right. Um, I found this awesome thing. There's a Chrome extension called Just Not Sorry Hmm. that you can, uh, that will catch you if you try to. To use, I'm sorry, too much in emails. In emails,
0: wow, go Chrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome, and that gives you again that like learned behavior that you've you've gotten to this point, and that's your learned behavior by having something that helps you at least acknowledge it. Then every time you do it, you'll be like, oh, catching yourself, yeah. and go back and try again. I love that. That's fantastic.
1: That's, that's the thing too. The biggest part of the switching gears and fixing the the bad behavior yeah. is to acknowledge when it's happening yes and so if you're if you write it all the time and don't realize that your language is coming off in a diminishing way like by apologizing or like making yourself come off passive um or avoidant mm-hmm. figure out a way to catch it right right find the tools <laughs>
0: I was like, my dad once told me, I used to start a lot of sentences with I think, and then I'd say what I think mm-hmm. and share my thoughts. And he was like, you need to drop the I think and just say what you were going to say. And I was like, what? And then I started catching myself doing it both in written form and in the way I speak. And now I am much more conscious of it. I still do it. Now, like, you probably heard it a thousand times <laughs> just in this episode. But I think the same up... <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, I'm so good at this. But the same applies to saying sorry. So when you're about to say a thing and your your normal reaction is to tack on an I'm sorry or start with an I'm sorry, mm-hmm. take it away and see what it sounds like without it. Because for me, sometimes it's when I'm writing it, I'm I'm seeing if it sounds softer by using I think. And I think we do the same with I'm sorry is it sounds softer, and it sounds a little bit nicer, and it sounds like, let me take the heat versus me putting the heat on you. And we're thinking through all of the ways that we can make someone else feel comfortable while we tell them a thing that they either need to do or haven't done or is urgent for some reason. And it's the same with, I think, we're trying to soften the blow. Like, hey, I think that this would be a great idea instead of just saying, this is a great idea. (laughs) And Which is
1: just, like, so much stronger so and so much, much more confident.
0: Exactly. And if we can start to do – and and I really do now I, – again, I say it a lot still, but I'm much more conscious of the way it sounds when mm-hmm. I preface something with I think versus just dropping it entirely and being that person, the person that drops it entirely and is the confident person that just said, this is a great idea, Um and, and we can do the same with I'm sorry. We can drop it and and just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well,
1: well I almost said it.
0: <laughs> Did you almost say I think? <laughs> it also can be show itself as a nervous tick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it can come across as you aren't sharing your true feelings about a situation Mm -hmm. and also giving the opportunity for someone to negate what you've said yes and I think that that's also the case for people I think damn it
0: it's hard right (laughs) I hear my my dad's voice every time I go to do it and I still do it I mean again imperfect people right but but Honestly, it is very helpful to at least acknowledge the amount of times we do that. And and we'll talk about this in just a minute. But, like, why we do that. What are we softening and why are we softening it? And what are we apologizing for and why are we doing that? So it is really difficult. But if we put it in those terms of, like, let's just drop it. If we put it in the sentence, like, I'm sorry for this, how would we change that by dropping the I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. Let's try that.
1: <laughs> just start there.
0: <laughs> we'll do that next. Uh, thinking about the situations that we've been in, just you know, again, like we just talked about, what we're over apologizing for when we do it. What are what are we actually apologizing for? And sometimes that. Now I'm like really conscious of the I thinks, <laughs> but sometimes when we're so used to using it so often, especially with certain groups of people or um, in certain situations, we don't necessarily think about what we're actually apologizing for. And I think that is very powerful, too. When we were putting this episode together, this is the part that kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit, thinking about the times that I apologize and, and what it is that's behind that Mm -hmm. and so you think about are we apologizing for our emotions and like how we feel about things are we apologizing for like what we're assigned as job duties and like what we are responsible for and how we apologize for like asking someone to do their job the right way or is it what our physical needs are like are we apologizing for needing like extra time with something or um, needing to like not be able to like sit for a long time or something like that or are we apologizing for like our personal needs with what will help us do whatever it is that's in front of us better like what are we actually apologizing for and digging into a little I mean I don't think we can we'll ever get through an episode with anything that's like if we dig in just a little bit more (laughs) about like what's under the thing that is a really powerful thing to think about is is why are we apologizing for our emotions and why are we apologizing for like having asking someone to do their job the right way or doing our our job
1: the right way <laughs> right? It's so true. I like to think back I think in this situation if we're trying to figure out how to improve this behavior thinking back to the times that we have said, I'm sorry, like all those times where you're like, are we apologizing for our emotions? But were you actually sorry? Mm -hmm. Did it warrant an apology? Right. And things like setting a boundary or saying no or being sick or being upset and where you said, I'm sorry in those situations. And like, we've talked about how often it's valuable to write things down. But when you catch yourself in those moments... Of like, wait, I do this in these ways all the time. Right. Why do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And we we need to stop. We do
0: well, and I. What you just said about when we've been sick, I can count probably on like sixteen people's hands how many times I've said, "I'm so sorry, I'm going to be out today. I'm not feeling well." <laughs> That's stupid. Why am I sorry for something like that? Why would I be sorry for something like that? Instead of just saying, I'm going to be out sick today. I'll catch up tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) Period. And it's not, and sometimes, honestly, it's not that someone is asking, or I'm not feeling like someone is asking me, to, to apologize. I don't feel pressure from the person I'm sending that message to to apologize to them. I think it's like, I feel like I'm weak, so I need to just apologize for being weak.
1: Yeah, it's like a personal pressure that you're setting on yourself in a situation where you're like, where, where you feel weakness or sadness or less than. Right. So you allow yourself to apologize for feeling a certain way and putting yourself in a position where you're just consistently and perpetually built like blocking yourself from doing communicating in a clear and succinct way and direct way right and instead just constantly saying i'm sorry for being late I'm sorry for not coming into work. Because then I'm
0: like, for being late, the being late thing, I'm like, if you're sorry, then you wouldn't do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you would attempt to change. And that's the other thing is, like, sometimes we're afraid to change. And sometimes we're afraid to face it. And it's just easier to continue to, to retroactively be sorry for a thing that we have no intention of changing. I actually was just reading an article, I think it was an article, earlier, where someone was like, instead of, oh, no, it was a, gr- lessonly this um, company, I get the CEO's emails, and he has, like, thoughts every day, and he said instead of, um, instead of, what was it? like something is do agreements instead of something else and now I've completely botched it but it was agreements instead of um uh assumptions or mm-hmm. something like that so like if you're going to be late then say I'm like I'll text you when I'm going to be late and so it's making this agreement instead of having to retroactively apologize for a thing or have like an unknown be happening and yep. have one person have oh it was expectations mm-hmm. and have one person have an expectation I think we feel the need to apologize when we feel there's an expectation instead of having an open conversation about what the agreement is. And so there's no need to apologize if there's an agreement in place that you're holding up your end of the bargain on that. Um, Like, if you're sick, you don't come in. That's an agreement. And so when you're emailing, you're like, I'm sick today. I'm going to stay home because the agreement's been made. You don't need to apologize for anything because someone's like, yeah, I don't want you here if you're sick.
1: And (laughs) I hear that as... The way that you phrase that is, I'm glad that she's acknowledging and recognizing that she shouldn't be at work today. Right. Like, I appreciate. It's like, inform and appreciate. Right.
0: Right. And if someone said, I'm sorry, I'm then confused. (laughs) I'm like, why are they sorry? They're not, like, screwing anything in my life up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, say it the way that you would say it if you were going to apologize. Like, I'm sorry. Say it to me, though, so I can hear it.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm so sorry I'm going to be out today. I'm not feeling well, so I'm going to stay home. Feels like a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Knew it. (laughs) Knew it was
1: gonna. (laughs) Like, she should be working. Probably might, like, look at her email a bit. Yeah. But I'm kind of annoyed. Right. Is how I feel when I hear that. And it's like, if that's the reaction, like, thinking about the reaction – which is like, this is iffy territory a little bit. But thinking about the reaction that an, an apology statement provides the whoever is the listener who's, mm-hmm. who's hearing that response. Like, what are, what are they perceiving of you mm-hmm. in that situation? And how can you counter it? Right. By being direct, you sound... Assured, Confident. Confident and clear. Mm-hmm. And isn't that what we all want?
0: That is what we all want. And that's what the listener needs. It's, again, like expectations and agreements. Like expectations are totally one-sided. And so having an agreement, I feel like that confident voice is you – living up to your agreement that you've made and it doesn't always have it doesn't always happen like prior to a circumstance obviously that there's no way to control everything around us all the time unfortunately (laughs) which i would love but to be able to drop the I think, drop the I'm sorry, it allows you to feel confident about it, even if it's super uncomfortable to do it. But it also allows the person who's getting the information from you to to feel like you've got this. Like, you know what you're doing, and I'm going to, like, kind of let you have that. Mm-hmm. And having that practice in mind will continue to let the people around us know that like i'm not just sorry for no reason if i'm sorry there's a reason behind it but like at some point the empty sorries they just build on this like you say like lack of trust it mm-hmm. just like embeds that lack of trust if you just continue to say i'm sorry for stuff um either in like digital print whatever or in invoice mm-hmm. so just just some things to think about uh apologies are still a necessary thing (laughs) as we talk about all these reasons that you should not apologize or and and I think we should stress like over apologizing is really like the issue here and I know we've both been in situations where we over apologize and then at the end of it you're like where like what just happened and you and I know one instance in particular when I walked away after definitely over apologizing I'm like what did i do that for like you wish you could go and take it mm-hmm. all back because you're like i wasn't sorry for anything and if i had just given myself a minute to figure it out or excuse myself then i would have come back a little bit stronger and much clearer um and i think that's the other thing is you i mean before we get to the this last piece but if you are needing a minute and this is something that i think we both read is that like You can take that minute. If you feel like you're on the cusp of, like, just letting it roll off your tongue or, like, just letting it fall out of your mouth a thousand times over, give yourself a minute to walk away Mm -hmm. um, instead of, like, we apologize for our emotions. If you need to cry, like, remove yourself from the situation, if possible, and cry and come back and be like, I feel better now. Thank you for giving me a minute. Done.
1: (laughs) And that just sounds spectacular in my, right? <laughs> in my in my ears. <laughs> it just feels solid. Well, and also like we don't want to get into the habit of apologizing for a thing to like receive some kind of validation or like a hey, it's okay. Right. To like affirm our fears and anxieties about a situation that like we
0: should be apologizing for that.
1: Yeah. Right. And I think that sometimes that's a bad habit that starts to form where we say i'm sorry so that we hear it's okay back right. and that's actually something that i try not i remember i didn't like to say i'm sorry as a kid i still in like real scenarios where i should say i'm sorry i don't like to say i'm sorry <laughs> which is a fun little anecdote that i'll share that's interesting <laughs> i didn't know that about you because <laughs> um, i don't like to be i don't like to be wrong <laughs>
0: Oh, that makes more sense, OK. <laughs> that I much more get.
1: Um, but when someone says I'm sorry to me, I have a hard time saying it's OK back because if their behavior wasn't warranted, like if they're actually apologizing for something, I don't want to diminish my feelings <laughs> by saying like, it's OK, right? where it's like, thank you for apologizing. And one of the things that my mom taught me when I was really little was like, accept, accept your apo- the apology. Like, your brother has given you back your doll. <laughs> Accept his apology.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like that, again, with the response, is a much stronger response than it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I mean, I'm I'm sure people say it's okay all the time. Like, oh, that's okay, whatever. But, like, that's, like, schluffing off what someone just did, too. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a great tidbit to kind of latch on to as well, is, like, what the response is is just as important as the sincere apology.
1: Right. And so thinking about those times where – it's a, a counterbalance of stopping the apologies that aren't necessary and also ensuring that the real times where you do have to apologize, it's sincere and trustworthy and, and honest and want, they're not, like, mutually exclusive. Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll agree with all that. But I'd like to hear from uh, the rest of the world. The queen speaking community what types of situations they found themselves in and we'll keep this conversation going on our gram at queen underscore speaking we sure will all right shall we break let's break